praise the Lord. I didn't hear you. I said praise the Lord. Let us pray. Father, we want to thank you for the privilege we have again this morning to hear your word. Like we say, there is nothing more important than what you have to say. We trust you by your spirit to cause us to speak as your oracles and to help us to understand the mysteries of heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, we are going to talk on blessed as we approach half mark of the year. We are almost, uh, can you believe the year that just started? It's almost half now. So we need to do some uh, checkup. We need to go back and review what we set out to achieve our purpose in giving the theme of the year is not just to fulfill our righteousness, it's to focus us on something that we want everybody to understand, first of all, and to experience. That's the purpose of all of this. This is what we focus everybody so everybody will understand it and they experience it. It's not for talking sick, it's for reality. And so having come this halfway, we need to go and take stock, remind ourselves what we started out aiming to achieve so you can also check out and see where you are at. Americans say where you are at, which is wrong English. It's called tautology. British say where you are. Americans added at. It doesn't make sense. Where you are is what the British taught us. Am I right? This one at, where does it come from? It's called tautology. That's grammar. I may have accent, but I know grammar. So, <laughs> so we, you need to know where you are, where you are is position, where you are in this things that we set out to, to achieve together. So we're going to look at blessed, which is our theme for the year. And our text comes from Colossians chapter 1, verse 6. Colossians chapter 1, verse 6. This same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives. Just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood. I want you to understand the words the Holy Spirit put here. It's not that they just heard it. Please, it's not that they just heard it. The Holy Spirit said they, just, they heard and understood it. It's not that they heard it. Many people come to church here, they don't understand. They don't even care to understand. He said they heard it and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. They understood it. So as we approach this half year, I want you to check out to see how much of this thing has become part of your inner deeper consciousness that you live by. How much of it is residing in your spirit? How much of it is still in your intellect level? And so in the Bible studies going alongside it, we've been trying to teach how to stop the thief from stealing your blessings. Because part of the reason we don't experience it is that we don't even understand that there's a thief who is out there to steal. It's part of the fact that the Bible warned us to be careful, to walk circumspectly, because your enemy is going about like a roaring what? Lion. We've been warned about it, that we shouldn't be careless. So we're teaching side by side so that you know how to checkmate him, because if you don't, he will eat your lunch, period. So we can't treat, if these people understood, if they understood the truth about God's wonderful grace, then like Paul said in Galatians chapter 2, verse 21, I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. You cannot. For if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. So let's take note of some points about this blessed Number one, the blessing itself is Christ himself, is God. If you don't have God, you're really not blessed. And it's from him that all good things what? Come. So the blessing itself, the blessing himself, is God himself, is Christ himself. That's what he told Abraham 
when he told Abraham to come out, he said to Abraham, I am the blessing. I am your exceedingly great reward. When he came to Abraham again, he said, Abraham, I've made you a father of many nations. And he said something terrific. He said, I'm the almighty. I'm the El Shaddai. I'm God. And I do what? All things. So if I made you in 100 years, that's what it's going to be. I don't need permission. I don't need help. He said to Abraham, I am the almighty God. So we, we need to understand that the first thing, the first thing, the most important blessing is that Christ lives in us. Can I hear amen? If you have all the things in this world without Christ, that life is wasted. Completely wasted. Christ himself is the only plan that God has for all of us. All that God planned to give you, he gave you in Christ Jesus. He gave you through Christ Jesus. He made it available through Christ Jesus. Not through anything else. Not through anything else. Not through what you do, what I did. Made it available only in Christ Jesus. Without your input and my input, we must get this fact correct. Because many Christians are derailed here, and they don't get anything. If you are looking for something where it is not, you won't get it there now. Colossians 2.2. So the first point I want us to take note is Christ living in you. That's the blessing in you. That's the hope of everything happening. Colossians 2.2. I want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan. What is God's mysterious plan? Which is what? Christ himself. Christ himself. Christ himself. Which is Christ himself. God doesn't have any other plan for you. That's what I, I was teaching. When you go all this meditation something, you go all this, where you go and do exercise, I don't this meditation. It's a junk. You don't have to meditate nothing. Because God has only one plan for you, Christ Jesus. So if you want to meditate, you meditate on who? Christ Jesus. That's all. Don't let them push you away seeking help where God didn't put it for you. You contact demonic spirits. I'm telling you now. You contact demonic spirits and somewhere along the line in your life, strange things begin to happen. You can't even explain it. Verse 3 says, In him thy hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge you need in this life is in him. Verse 4, I'm telling you this so no one will deceive you. So no one will deceive you with well-crafted arguments. For though I am far away from you, my heart is with you, and I rejoice that you are living as you should. How? And that your faith in Christ is what? Strong. Say so that's the way you should live your life. Your faith in Christ is strong. Let me read TPT translation. Again, like I said, some of these translations, they don't change the meaning, but they make you understand it better in the languages in which they present them. The moment they change the meaning, we know. Because I go back to the old King James Version, I catch them. The moment they change the meaning, I go back to old King James Version and do what? Check him, catch them. I say, ah, this is not it. Too. This is not it. I have King James Version at the back of my mind. So we're reading. Yeah, let's be reading now. But I'm going back to the old rugged landmark. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yeah. That Bible, to God be the glory. Yeah. So I go back there. So if they want to change it, ah, this King James didn't. No, no, let's go. Until I find the one that lines up with the one that I believe is more accurate than all these ones. So this one doesn't change the meaning. Colossians 3.2. I am contending for you that your hearts will be wrapped in the comfort of heaven and woven together into love's fabric. This will give you access. This will give you access 
to all the riches of God as you experience the revelation of God's grace mystery. See, as you understand God's love for you and as, as you experience the revelation of God's mysteries, it gives you access to those blessings. You need to know them first now before you begin to access them. You know, so it says, it, it, as you experience the revelation of God's great mystery, Christ, that's the way he ended it. The great mystery of God, Christ. Can I hear amen? amen. For our spiritual world is in him. Our spiritual wealth is in him. You know, that's what Jesus said. He said, don't stop following me for this thing that perish. Follow me for the things that do not what? Perish. Seek the kingdom first. These ones that perish be added to you. They will be added to you. Our spiritual wealth is in him like hidden treasure waiting to be discovered. Heaven's wisdom and endless riches of revelation knowledge. So, that's what the, in Christ that God gave us all our blessings. It needs to be clear to you. Ephesians 1.3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Are you hearing me? Okay, just, just want to be sure. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who have blessed us. You see, the, the, the tense there is past tense. I'm going to emphasize on this as we go along because some people are trying to make God bless them. When God, the Bible says he had already done all of these things. He had, who had blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. When he talks about heavenly places, he's talking about spiritual realm, not earthly realm in Christ Jesus. There are only physical realm and spiritual realm. So he has blessed us with all of them in Christ Jesus, which means through Christ, he gave his, gave, made available all of this. John 1.16, for out of his fullness, abundance, we have all received, all had a share, and we were all supplied with. Remember, we're just talking about past tense, past tense, past tense. Supplied with one grace after another. And spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, and even favor of, uh, upon favor, and gift heaped upon gift. For while the law was given through Moses, the law didn't bring these things. Grace. Grace. On land, on earth, on desire, favor, and spiritual blessings, and truth came through Jesus. He brought us this things. Don't try to get it through the law. You won't get it. The law didn't bring it. Moses didn't bring it. Jesus brought it. That's why the Bible says it's in Christ that we have it. And so, do not look for blessings outside of Jesus. Do not let anyone deceive you into doing that. You will find nothing. God didn't put anything there for you except in Christ. Now look at Ephesians 2.12. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel. Why? Because it's through Christ that these things come. You were excluded among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope, without Christ, without God, without hope. Verse 13 is good news. But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ, not through anything you did. Every blessing of God, God's presence in you, God's presence with you is through the blood of Jesus, period. You can earn it. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You can get it any other way. It has now to be given to us based on mercy, and Jesus paid for it. So all the promises of God for us are already made available. They have been given to us. They are waiting for us to come to Christ. When you, before you came to Christ, it was there for you. Now, when you came to Christ, you had access to them. Waiting for us to come to Christ and believe in him and receive them. So when you are living without Christ, you didn't have them, but now we've been drawn light to Christ, we all have, we have all of them. Made available to us only through Christ Jesus' death, burial, resurrection. Everything about Jesus has something to do with all the blessings of God. It's not just his death. It includes his burial and his resurrection. 
Everything Christ did has significance in God providing you something. When he died, we died with him. When he rose, we what? We rose with him. The Bible says he rose for our justification. That if he didn't rise, we are very miserable. So everything about him has significance in our dealing with God. Not just his death, not just the cross. Also his death, burial, and what? Resurrection. And even ascension to heaven. Even ascension to heaven. Second Corinthians 1.20 For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ. They have all been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ now, we too say what? Amen. You see, only three people said amen. I say through Christ, we too say what? Amen. Which means yes. Ascends to God for his glory. You got to agree with God. You just have to. So we receive all of this by faith alone, nothing more. If something is provided, I want you to tell me. If something is provided, tell me what you will do to provide it. Nothing. It's, been, it's already been provided. All these things we do are the things we learned. Because like I said, the tragedy of Christianity is that me, for years, Christianity has been laid and taught. Not everybody, but many were people who have only sense knowledge. They didn't have revelation knowledge. Because they didn't have revelation knowledge, they, they, they focused Christianity on do's and don'ts. That's why they focused us, and they meant well. Meant well. But growing up as a Christian, I was never focused on Christ. If you told me to tell you about Jesus, I'll finish it in one sentence. He died for our sins, that's all. Until God confronted me, and he told me that what you're preaching is gonna, it's not going to work. Because you are leaving out the key thing, the blessing himself, Christ. So, so we, we all, including me, so we all grew up with this sense knowledge. You know, it's about do's, don'ts. We do this, we don't do this. We, Christians don't wear earrings, we wear earrings, we don't do this. I kind of do this. Let me tell you, you don't even need to be a Christian to do all those things. A good sound family will teach you those things without going to church. Am I right? I'm telling you the truth. Go and watch our traditional society. They were not Christians. Taboos, ordinary taboos. No, no, no immorality. You know what I'm talking about. People were not stealing. The only thief we knew was the one that would come because he was hungry to steal your yam. And if you, if you came in and made, <clears throat> he would jump through the wall. But now the thieves you have will wait for you to come home. Ordinary simple taboos, fear. People will go play in the moonlight. They won't touch those young girls that didn't wear anything. Ordinary taboo fear. I'm telling you, don't reduce, let's not reduce Christianity to all those kind of things that you can just get to ordinary. No, it's beyond that. Christianity is about a new life. The life of God. The nature of God being given to man and transforming us from ordinary human beings to peculiar human beings who carry the glory of God, who carry the presence of God, who now speak as oracles of God, who, who make things happen, who represent the kingdom, who represent the authority of heaven. We're not regular, normal people. We received all these things already. All of them. In Christ, new nature, everything. So we have to acknowledge what we have been given. It's important, Christians. You acknowledge these things in all your ways. Do what? Acknowledge Him. You got to acknowledge the works already completed for you. You got to. You got to. I'm telling you. You go, if, you, if you really begin to live in these things, that's when Christ becomes real. Apart from it, you be coming to church and go, and be arguing this point, you're arguing this. <laughs> Slightest thing, you're afraid of this, afraid of that, afraid of this. I'm telling you the truth. He becomes real, tangible. The power of God is very tangible. It's not imaginary, it's real, it's tangible. 
You even know when it flows in your body. You know it. Colossians 1.12. Always thanking the Father. See, always, not sometimes. Not sometimes. Always thanking the Father. Always, not sometimes. Not sometimes. What is he thanking the Father for? He has enabled you and me to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people. He always thanking God for the blessings. He has enabled me to share in them. Always, not sometimes. I mean, check your prayer against this one. Put your prayer side by side. Which of the blessings have you been thanking God for always? Which of them? So why should we see them? My uncle, my, my cousin in the village. You people take even Bible studies. This girl, what Bible study? In the village. We were talking two days ago. He said, he said Daddy, my husband has kidney stone. He said, We'll be going to hospital every day, hospital, spending money. And spending money, you know, when they're spending, you know who is spending. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> so, so, so finally, he said, he said, he said Daddy, I came back, I went to church to cook for them because they called me to cook for the faithfulness. And I came back and my husband was in pain, severe pain. He said, God, go to us. I said, we're not going. We have a God who can heal you. He said, Daddy, you know what I did? I said, well, he said, I put my hand on him and prayed and he peed that thing out. He said, that stone came out. Somebody who knew his blessing, his inheritance, and position with God took advantage of it. And in one second, in one second, how do you pee that, that kind of big stone without blood and all this? It would tear through your, you, 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 I don't want to teach biology. I don't want to confuse my wife. She's an economist. I can't pay. She's, she's an economist. If you are married to an economist, come, we'll be praying for you, please. <laughs> I'm joking, don't worry about me. My wife is not like that, don't worry about it. Praise the Lord. Acknowledge those things. She did acknowledge it. He said, Daddy, I told my husband, God is our God, and our healer will heal. He, he, she acknowledged it. God, she, God is who you call him to be. We've been taking, Bible. how many more Bible studies do you want to hear? How many? Many of you don't even follow what we teach. Don't even know where we're at right now. Because they're, they're not important to you. If you face life's real challenges, I'm telling you, you need these things. So don't kid yourself. There, are, there is a limit to what man can do for you. I'm not, even the hospital you trust, there's a limit to what they can do. But this God, there's no limit to what he can do. So why do we neglect him? As if we have something better. As if we have something better. You know, why? And so we need to acknowledge them. And he said, always. Why? Always, always, always until the thing sinks into you and takes root into you. Because the challenge is for real. And we can't buy them. We can't buy them. Already been provided. What, what effort are you making to buy them? That's what I was doing. Thinking that if I do this, then God will do this. God said, look, this has already been made available to you in Christ. God is not going to do anything anymore. My sister in London, I told you the story. She had cancer and arthritis. She couldn't move on her own. She couldn't move. She was being helped to walk. And she was... After director of nursing, I don't know the next position. I think that's where she is. She's very fast in distance. Couldn't move. And they called me and I said to her, I said, and she's listening to me because she's, 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 she joined us. She's listening to me. And they said, I said, I'll send you the word of God. It's a medicine. It will heal you. I said, I'm going to teach on healing at the Living World Conference. And listen to it. That's all you need. When you are desperate, you listen. And I sent her. And she did. 
She, I think this, the first message, all of a sudden she got up with her help and started running the steps all over the place. And uh, my other sister called me very excited. <laughs> very, very, I couldn't stop her from talking. Then after about one week, the thing came back. And she called me and said, brother, I can't even move. I'm like stone. And in such, I could hear my sister groaning in pain. My heart broke. I said, I'll talk to God and get back to you. So I went to the Lord. The Lord said to me, you teach. Practice what you teach. I said, he gave me scripture. And I said, what's that? He said, you just thought about the authority of the believer. Say, use it. She's a baby Christian, use it. So I got angry, got up, and in the name of Jesus, rebuked that spirit. I said, you leave my sister this moment. And don't you touch her. You know, and I, I called back. When I called back, there were all these EMS people, and they, they, there was so much noise. And I told the husband, I said, tell her that within a few days, she'll be fine. The thing, I said, I rebuked that spirit. A few days, we'll be fine. And by Sunday, you'll be totally okay. You won't be in hospital. She called me before Sunday. She said, brother, you know, that's what happened. He said, they did everything, couldn't find anything. And just like you told me, the thing just all of a sudden left me. And I told her, I said, if he comes back, fight. You're a Christian. And then the thing came back, she started to call me, I didn't answer. <laughs> so she called my wife. <laughs> and my wife said, stand on your own. You have authority too. You have, you have been blessed with authority. Use it. And my wife prayed for her. I rebuked that thing. And then I called her a few days later. I said, you, you are calling me. Say yes. He said, I said, what? He said, the thing came back. I said, I told you to stand. You have the same blessing I have. He said, brother, that's what I did. He said, if you had me, I fought it like a mad woman. And then my wife spoke to her two days ago. He said, since then, nothing. So I've been okay. Going to my work, no problem. You have it. I have it. You don't have to come to me. Use your own. Praise the Lord. Use it in your bathroom. It will work. Anywhere. Blessed, 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 blessed. You can't buy them, it's already there. Acts 8.20. But Peter said unto him, Thy money perish with thee, because thou hast taught the gift of God may be purchased with money or anything else you think you are doing to make God do it. It's already done, given to you already. Verse 21 says, Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter. You are trying to buy what Jesus paid with his life? That's an insult. Galatians 5.2 Listen. I, Paul, Paul made it personal. He said, I, Paul, I'm talking to you now. That's as serious as he took this in. You know, Paul placed a curse on people who preached wrong, wrong doctrine. He, he was so mad at them. He, he said, whether it's an angel or a human being, preaching to you any other gospel that is not Christ, say, let him be a curse. He said, I repeat it. When you preach to people, be careful what you say. Because you are going to give account to God if you destroy people's souls. Be very careful. Don't, don't toy with, don't oh, you're talking because you need to talk, talk, talk. Be careful what you say. Be careful what you say. Go and read that scripture. Paul said the cost will be on you. If you teach anything else that is not the real gospel, because that demonic gospel that takes people away from focus on Christ, for God so loved the world that he gave us who? Christ. You can't take us away from who he gave us. So Paul said, I, Paul, tell you this. If you are counting on circumcision to make you right with God, then Christ will be of no benefit to you. If you are counting on anything in this world, anything you are counting on that will make you accepted to God, then Christ will be no, of no benefit because you are saying, I don't need Christ. Is this I'm bringing? Without Christ, we're not. If you are counting on anything, on anything, Christ is no benefit because by your own confession, you don't need Christ. You, are, you need this thing you are counting on. That's what you are counting. Either your goodness, many hours of this. You, are, you didn't sleep all night. You are counting on all those things. What you are saying is Christ is not sufficient. 
But the Bible says Christ is your what? Sufficient. If you are counting, verse 3, I say it again. You can see the passion Paul was, was expressing here. I say it again. If you are trying to find favor with God by being circumcised or by any other thing you are doing, you must, then you must obey every regulation in the whole law of Moses. Verse 4. For if you are trying to make yourself right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ totally. Who wants to do that? Why do people do that? It's called ignorance. You have fallen away from God's grace. And grace is what Christ brought that brought us all the blessings. Falling away from God's grace. Without grace, what else? Because you rejected the grace. First Corinthians 2.12 Now we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we may know the things that are how? I want you to say it how? Come on, say it louder, come on. Freely, come on, say it again. Freely given to us of God, freely. What price do you want to pay him? We sing it, Jesus paid it all. Is that right? Eh? We don't believe it. <laughs> I was saying it on Thursday, I said we sing things we don't believe. One time the Lord spoke to me, he said, do you know if Christians believe the things they sing, they see my power shake everywhere every time they sing. He said, because they sing from their mental level, they, don't, they enjoy the music, they don't believe it. We, sing, we say Jesus paid it all, but we want to pay. We want to pay. Look at this man who went to church to get something from God. So he went to show God what he has, his stuff. Luke 18, 10. Two men went up into the temple to pray. The one a Pharisee, the other a publican. The Pharisee stood up and prayed. How did the Spirit describe his prayer? He prayed thus with what? With himself. He was <laughs> exalting himself. He said he was praying with himself. You know, you're talking to God with himself. Say, God, let me present myself to you. And said, um, God, I thank thee. He started calling God like classmate. Say, God, I thank you that I'm not as what? What that mean? <laughs> you know, I heard this story from the person. University of Lagos, a group of Christians were casting out demons from whoever. And they sweated and shouted and yelled. You know, the matter of normal, normal thing Pentecostal do. And then they, they, they think fooled them along. And then one brother came. Then they didn't consider anybody wearing jeans a Christian. And this brother will wear jeans. So the brother came and he said to them, what, what are you people? He said, we're trying to. You know, now they were desperate. They needed help. They were casting out this demon. It's not going. And this brother just stood there saying, Jesus, name, I command you. Leave this boy. And the thing left. I, you know, God wanted to teach them something. You know, God orchestrates things. God wanted to show them. This man, this boy, is my son too. Kuro Kuro demonstration. The thing happened. And the boy with his jeans went away. We sit and condemn people. Decide that God will hear that prayer. That God won't even, they can't be healed. Who are you to judge people? What do you know about them? Do you know where they're coming from? Do you know what they're dealing with? Why don't you mind your own business? This is a sure sign of a Pharisaic spirit. Once you start finding fault in people, and the Lord taught me one time, he said, don't ever find fault with anybody. He said, if you find fault with something, somebody, you have something to forgive. Now, nah, you have to forgive it. <laughs> you are carrying resentment already. So don't let the devil plant it in your heart. You don't have to tell the person, but in your heart, you have something Against the person, they said, now a seed of resentment has been sown. You have to forgive it. So why cause yourself all this trouble? 
Rab said, love does not have a record of what? Wrongs. But here is our brother, Pharisee brother. Thank thee that I'm not as other men are. And I started telling God what those people do. Extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this, uh, this man, he wouldn't even call him brother. <laughs> publican. The publican. Then he started to talk about himself. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican standing afar off will not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smooth up his breast, saying, God, have be what? Merciful to me. He said, it's your grace. Only your grace. And that's what God promised us. He said, you come to the throne of grace to obtain what? And what again? What did this man ask for? Mercy. That's what God promised. And God gave him. And the Bible says, his grace is sufficient in all situations. And Jesus told us what happened. Verse 14. Can we all say verse 14? Can we read verse 14 together? Let's go. One, two, go. I tell you, this man went down to his house. What? Justified. Rather than the other. For everyone. Stop there. Everyone includes me and you. That exhaust himself shall be abased. And he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. So we need, to, we need to take time and meditate on these scriptures. I want to say something. Please listen. If you are right, and stop. Please stop. It's important that you hear this. It doesn't matter how much a, 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 a sermon blesses you. And it doesn't matter how much you hear it. And we should hear them. We should listen to them. We need to. But listen to me. You won't get faith that way. Tell the truth. You get faith when you carry your Bible. Carry, that, that you cannot have your, can I borrow your Bible? Thank you, sir. That's my daddy. Love you. When you carry your what? Bible and go to one corner with Jesus and say, Lord, talk to me out of what? Yeah. If you don't do this, you won't have it. I don't care. Look, it's good to hear these things. They, they, they kind of stir you up and point you to what you should. Faith will come when you carry your Bible, church. Go to one corner, sit down on those verses that you are studying because of the challenge facing you, you open the Bible, read it, speak it, read it. Lord, open down my eyes that I behold wondrous things here. Speak to me out of this word. Faith comes by hearing you, Lord, I need to hear you. You read it, you meditate on it. They, I didn't hear you. I didn't hear you. At one point, illumination will come from the Holy Spirit. Because he knows you are seeking to know. If you are not seeking, he won't give you anything. If you are casual, he'll just leave you alone. But if you seek with all your heart, he will give, that's why I say that the mysteries of God is hidden in Christ in knowledge and wisdom. And when you unwrap it, when you, God unwraps it for you, you approach and assess the blessings of God. I'm telling you the truth. That's why many Christians don't see anything. They don't have time. They're too busy. They're in America. America. Thank you, sir. You must do like Mary. Jesus said, that's the, one, the only thing that is what? That's what he said. I, that's what he said. It, the only thing you must do is to come at his feet. Because you must learn from his mouth. Man shall not live by what? But by every word that proceeded from where? Mouth of God. The scripture is not written to entertain. It's telling us how it works. It comes from the mouth of God. The Holy Spirit is sent to guide you into all truth. You must take your Bible like Mary, find your place and sit down and say, Lord, this challenge is this. This is the scripture. I'm, I'm studying your word. You open my eyes. I need to hear from you. I do that. I do that with reckless abandon. Because you see, if you are a pastor, and if you are serving God, the devil marks you out. You are a marked man. I'm not kidding you. That's why I don't live. You can't, you can't afford to live like everybody. 
The Lord told me, he said, don't be like everybody. We are a madman. Because if the shepherd is smitten, you are a seriously marked man. They will try everything to destroy your testimony. Because they know if they succeed, the sheep will be confused. They know. That's why I don't, where do you see me? Tell me where you've seen me. I'm not coming. I'm not coming. I'm not coming. No. I see you here. Go to my house, go to my office. I'm not coming. Because every pastor knows he's a marked person. Can I hear amen? I didn't hear a big amen. amen. So I take this scripture, Isaiah 41 10. I go through it. Be not afraid, for I'm with you. Be not dismayed from thy God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with the right, my righteous right hand. I said, Lord, yeah, I've crammed it. I can tell you others. I go through it. I repeat it to myself. I speak it to myself. I keep saying it. Before I go to bed, wake up in the morning, I take up Isaiah chapter 53. I go from verse 3 to 5, verse 10. So that symptoms that they are throwing as arrows, I, I build up my shield of faith. And they keep falling. They do come, but they fall. I'm telling you what I do. You don't have time for it. You don't have time for those blessings. That's the way it works. I'm not kidding you. That's the way it works. So you have to find time to meditate on this word too. Joshua 1.8 This book of the law shall not depart what? Out of thy mouth but thou shalt meditate therein day and night and he said if that, it should not depart out of their mouth <laughs> out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks if it's not there it's not coming he said I'm not saying it don't say it don't say it now. Is it not your life? This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day, and that thou mayest now observe to do. You say it, you meditate it, it sinks into your heart, then you can do it according to all that's written therein. Then, for then, it's only after then, thou shalt make thy way prosperous, whether it's in health or finances in it, make thy way prosperous. And then, thou shalt have good success. That's the only way it works. You don't have time to meditate on it. You are meditating on something else now. You have time for something. Let that thing be your God. So, these promises that we are reading about, these gifts that God gave us, they are irrevocable. What did I say? Totally irrevocable. You can't undo what Christ has done. They are totally irrevocable. In... Hebrews 6, 13. Hebrews 6, 13. Now, when God made a promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater than himself, he swore an oath on his own integrity to keep the promise as sure as God exists. Verse 14. So he said, have no doubts. Can you tell your neighbor, have no doubt, please? Oh, is that the way you talk to your neighbor? Tell your neighbor, have no doubt. God is talking to you and me now because it's the same blessing of Abraham that we have. He said, have no doubt. What did he say? Have no doubt. I promise to bless you over and over and give you a son Whatever God has promised you, God put, remove the sun and put it there and multiply you without measure, continue. So Abraham waited patiently in faith and succeeded in seeing the promise fulfilled. Continue. It is very common for people to swear an oath by something greater than themselves, for the oath will confirm their statements and end all disputes. Now let's continue. Verse 18. Do I have verse 18? So, Verse 
17. So yeah. So in this same way, God wanted to end all doubt in your heart. All doubt, if this is yours. God wanted to end all doubt because he knows and confirm it even more forcefully to those who will inherit his promise, to you and me, to end any doubt in your heart if this is true. Because of what you're experiencing. God wants to end all of that doubt and confirm to you, assure you this morning, assure you this morning, assure you this morning, and end every doubt, put the doubt to death, Confirm it even more forcefully to those who will inherit the promises. His purpose was unchangeable. So God added his vow to the promise. God had to swear for you. That's how much God wants us to believe this thing. He added his vow to his promise. So it is impossible now for God to what? Lie. For we know that his promise and his vow we never change. So what God says he gave you, he gave you. Never at any point doubt whether he gave you. He said that I gave it to you. I gave you healing. I gave you healing. I gave you healing. I gave you healing. I gave you. I gave you. It never changed. No doubt. And now, now this is the path now. This is our own road now. This is our own road now. And now, we have run into his heart to hide ourselves in his faithfulness. Which means we trust that he's faithful. We run there. This is where we find his strength. When we trust his faithfulness, we find his strength and comfort for he empowers us now as we run to him, as we go to him in faith, as we lay hold on Christ and his word. The power uses the power us to seize what has already been established ahead of time. Already established ahead of time. An unshakable hope. Expectation. Unshakable expectation. Continue. We have this certain hope like a strong unbreakable anchor holding our souls to God himself. Somebody shout Hallelujah. Our anchor of hope, that is expectation, is fasting to the mercy seat. Grace of God. To the mercy seat, which sits in the heavenly realm beyond the sacred threshold, beyond this world. And where Jesus, somebody shout hallelujah. Where who? Jesus, our foreigner, has gone in before us. He is now and forever our royal priest like Melchizedek. Continue. What is he doing? Is he finished? Finished? Man, this is so interesting. I want to read more. Did Did you get that? Jesus went in as our high priest. He said, we have expectation that is hooked onto him. Immovable because what he secured for us ahead of time, the thing he provided for us is unchangeable and cannot be, it's not a lie. Now, what is this, what is Jesus doing? What is Jesus doing? Let's read Hebrew 9:11. But now the anointed one has become the king priest of every wonderful thing that has come. For, for he what? He what? Ah, you didn't hear. He what? You see what he's doing? He's what? Serves in a greater and more perfect what? Heavenly tabernacle not made by men. Continue. And he has entered once and forever into the holiest sanctuary of all, not with the blood of animal sacrifices, but the sacred blood of his own sacrifice. He, and he alone has made our salvation secure for how long? Forever. He alone has secured your salvation, includes your healing, your righteousness, your everything God has for you, everything secured forever. He serves right now before God with his blood. And the Bible says our hope runs to his faithfulness, connects to him in heaven, and says, because he's there, I shall live because he lives, I shall also live. Because he's there, the grace of God will never fail. 
His mercy will never leave me. They are new every morning. And these promises for me are yea and amen. Because it's there. I don't know if you get what I'm trying to say. Are you, are you following me? Are you following me? It's not because of anything else. It's, a, it's an anchor of the soul. When you know his faithfulness, you anchor to his faithfulness. The one who has entered before you to secure these things for you with his blood. As, an, as forever, these blessings will never change. They're yours. They're yours. Whether the devil likes it or not. If you understand me, shout hallelujah. Okay, at least half of you. Can we get some more people, please? Okay, three quarters now. Can we get some more people, please? Secured. Secured. He said he went in ahead, and he did, with his blood, and he's serving right there as your great high priest. He said, you run for, you run to him and secure with his faithfulness. He said, this anchor holds you in time of storm. That these things he told you, they will never change. It's not a lie. Nothing can change it. And nothing can take it away from you. Praise the Lord. I say praise the Lord. So when the devil talks to you, I want you to listen to this one. When the devil talks to you, don't ever talk to the devil with your own words and wisdom. If the devil talks to you, speak the word back to him. I'm telling you. If the devil challenges your faith, tell him it is written. My anchor is in him. His promises are yea and amen. And they are unchangeable. And you can change it. Do whatever you like. You can change it. These are mine. Now, tomorrow, <laughs> next tomorrow, forever. I don't have to do anything. It's all mine. Once you speak back with the word, he has no answer for it. And that's what Jesus taught us. It is what? Read. We, we don't do this. We don't do this. Instead of speaking back with the world, we go talking to people, what is happening to me? And they take stories, they long stories. After telling her, look, my, after my sister, I told my sister, I said, I said, Zuma, stop telling people what is happening to you. I said, you keep confessing those things, it keeps happening. Don't, tell, don't ever call me and say this is happening. This. No, no, no. Tell me what God is doing. You shall live and not die to declare the works of God. Stop declaring the works of the devil. As, as long as it's coming out of your mouth, you're empowering him. In all your ways, acknowledge God. This written. That's what God said. Who say he that speak, let him speak as what? Oracle of God. It's so tempting, and it's easier to tell what you are feeling. It's easy. It's so tempting, but don't fall for it. Call those things that are not, save the world, and be consistent in your faith.